in five, four, three, two, one. Dun, 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 dun. I think we had a good scale. That was, that was pretty good. You, we had you some, dropped we had, out of that <laughs> you real know. quick. Okay. I feel like Lindsay's gonna gonna run this <laughs> when it's interview. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, already crying. <laughs> you definitely so, have the ability to hold it down. You're thank like, you. Yeah. I think it's why I'm going up. I'm like, well, she's gonna hold it down. Then <laughs> who needs? Let's just sing. <laughs> I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? <laughs> we don't. We don't need to be interviewed. We just. <laughs> okay, so this is We Rise, the podcast. Where this is our first official. It is. It's our first official episode of 2019. Woo! Woo! New Year. I'm Kat Petru. I'm Nicole Trabascio. And we are joined by Lindsay Page, the founder of Radically Fit. We're really happy that you're here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We talked a lot about joggers before we started. We did. Officially, so maybe you'll hear that part later. (laughs) It was a great warm-up. Maybe we'll give you some outtakes. Yeah. You should. Definitely. Yeah. You want to jump right in, Nikki? Yeah. I mean, could you tell us a little bit about RadFit and yourself? Definitely. Um, so, Radically Fit is Oakland's body positive cutie pock community based gym for bigger bodies and fat individualized folks. It's a, a long, long tagline. <laughs> I'm always like, I have to Google this. Um, <laughs> And we just opened, actually... Our listeners are smart. They, yeah, they yeah, keep yeah, up. You, yeah, you got it. Um, we just opened our doors in July of um, 2018, so we've been open for about six months. And I am the founder. I've been in personal training for about five years, a little over five years. And I have worked in several gyms in Oakland, and I really fell in love with personal training and knew that I wanted to do this as a career and had a long-term goal of opening a gym that served this community. And the opportunity presented itself about a year ago to get the process really going. So it's been it's been a long process in terms of the emotional and time effort that I've had to put in, but it's gone really quickly. And um, we're growing really quickly, which is really awesome. And Radically Fit is in Fruitvale in Oakland, occupied Ohlone land, mm-hmm. um, Oakland, California. Huchin is the mm-hmm. name. And you kind of just spoke to this, but we were curious for you to talk even more about what inspired you to actually open a brick and mortar gym. So going back to the beginning, beginning, I was a personal trainer at Beyond Roots, which is a queer and trans POC wellness center in Oakland. And they do body work and acupuncture. And the owner and I have known each other for a long time, and they wanted to add a fitness component to their business. And I came on as the trainer, and then later came on as the fitness director. And after about a year, we decided that best move for our community that we had started building for the fitness community would be to have it break off. And so I actually ended up buying out that business and starting Radically Fit under Radically Fit. It's really important to have a a brick and mortar space because of the community that we're serving. So the people that we're serving oftentimes are not included 
in any part of the fitness industry. Um, They're not walking into gyms and seeing themselves represented anywhere. They're often ostracized when they do go to gyms and there's just not a, a safe, a physical safe space for them. So having a brick and mortar space to be able to really accomplish the mission that we have set out to do was vital and and it, it wouldn't have worked if we didn't actually have that that space so um it was it was imperative and luckily we were able to find that space relatively quickly after i i bought out the business so we've talked before about fitness and health and parts of this culture that influence the way people think about those things we want to share some perspectives about like the waters that we're swimming in the things that people expect from these spaces and like what radically fit aims to do differently. Yeah, definitely. I think if you scroll through any Instagram feed or go on Facebook and you see anything that is presented in the lens of fitness, you're often bombarded with how to lose weight, how to get lean, how to essentially define your worth based on how often you work out and what your body looks like. And I think even unfortunately in the body positive arena, there's still a ton of what I would call a lot of manipulation that that runs through body positivity, even in mainstream fitness. So you'll see a smaller bodied white girl talking about body positivity and inclusiveness. And I think while that's great and, and everybody should be supportive of this message, again, it comes down to a lot of people not seeing themselves represented. And fitness and exercise and food can be so triggering for so many people that when you're looking at this on a screen, you're immediately made to feel badly about yourself. And I've said this before, the fitness industry runs on making people feel badly about themselves. That's how they get their money. Capitalism in this industry is built on guilt and shame. And I think what we are what we are looking to do is to create a space where there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no food talk, there is no weight loss talk. You're coming to the gym really to get help with not only your physical body, but your mental and emotional health. That is something that we have placed an incredible amount of priority in because first in experience, I know that exercise can really greatly affect your mental health. Of course, there's no one cure for aiding in mental and emotional health, but physical activity has been shown, and at least to me and almost everybody that I've worked with, and I've worked with many people, to greatly improve mental and emotional health, especially if you're in a marginalized community and you're coming into a space that was built for you. And that makes a huge difference. Walking into a gym where you don't really want to be anyway because exercise is daunting for some people and then immediately don't feel welcomed in is unfortunately a super common thing and also can turn people away from exercising ever again in their life. So we're really trying to create this space where you come in because you want to build community, you feel safe, you're excited to see these these people that that you're exercising with but also creating bonds with over radical cool Oakland shit <laughs> and and also really being able to to get your exercise in in a way that feels healthy in a way that you don't have to think oh, okay like 
if I don't exercise, I'm going to shame myself about it. Mm-hmm. And instead feeling really positive about coming in and exercising and, and saying, great, maybe that workout was really hard, but I walked out the door feeling accomplished. And those are things that are just really hard to find, I think, in the majority of the fitness community. Absolutely. One of the things that Nikki and I were talking about before you came to the station was just how invasive advertising is. It doesn't matter if you are watching television or not. If you are driving down the street, you're going to see a billboard. It's everywhere, this messaging, and it's been with us since we were born. And it's especially important when we're talking about identity, who's depicted and how their bodies look. And so we were talking about how like in some realms for a femme person, looking strong is becoming more acceptable, but still basically the expectation of a femme body is to be dangerously skinny. Yeah. And also when you're talking about Instagram, like because I you scroll through and things pop up in your feed and a lot of fitness accounts are people befores and afters. (laughs) And people don't realize how much that impacts them. They think that that's wellness and fitness is like, oh, there's a change or there's like a before and after. And people don't realize that that impacts them. And when I think about your Instagram feed, it's like, like you said, it's diverse bodies. Everyone's, it's like a mixture of different people and it's just super positive. Well, and you said like the fitness industry runs off guilt and shame. Capitalism runs off lots of things, including guilt and shame. And it's a myth that to be fit and healthy, you would look like that. Like that's actually not. And not to say that some folks who have naturally thin bodies, fine, that's fine. But like we just, we're we're animals with different, physiques and different ways of moving and being in the world that's normal and it's beautiful and it's healthy why wouldn't we celebrate that our Mm. trademark logo is fit is not a body type so when we were coming up with this idea for how i wanted radically fit to look and what i wanted to present to the world that just immediately came to my mind and i i mean i didn't make that up i (laughs) I can't take credit for that but i (laughs) i had seen that in an advertisement before and was just like, oh, this is this is perfect. Like this completely encapsulates how I have felt my entire life and how I want other people to be able to feel because we're often taught that like people look fit. Mm-hmm. And I've had to completely rewire my brain as well to not even have that thought cross and it's really hard because we've just years and years and years of if you don't look like person a who is usually white thin sis sis then you're not you haven't reached your your fitness goal or whatever right um and that's something that we're really trying to move away from it's something that as a woman of color who was adopted by white people and only around really substantially other white thin girls growing up my whole life I could not remove myself from I was constantly thinking like why can't I why can't I look like my friends and you know my parents were as good as they could have been Uh, they were also super harmful at times about food and what my body looked like which was super detrimental to my mental picture of myself but you know, it comes down to the fact that my body is never going to look like their body. And, and and even if my body could look similar to their body, it would be because I was doing something harmful to it. It took me a very, very long time to be able to see that. And it took me a long time to realize that my body 
what it looks like on the outside did not reflect its worth on the inside. And those are just really hard things for people, especially marginalized people, to be able to sit with and to be able to internalize. And I think if we can if we can get that message across to the people that we work with and we can really get them to feel that message, then we've done our job. Yeah. First, I want to just say again what you just said. You said, if I got my body to look like that, like these thin white folks, it would only be because I was doing something harmful to it. That's so important to recognize because so many of us still, without meaning to, are harming ourselves and harming our bodies to fit these violent standards. They're violent. And one of the reasons I say that is this is what I was thinking before. So one of the most insidious ways oppression works is for us to have the cop in our heads. Mm -hmm. And cis women in particular, and I'm a cis woman, so I, I speak just from my own experience on this. It's so common, even for my woke, rad friends to come in and be like, you know, oh, I just was on vacation and I, I'm not eating dessert this week or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. that is a violent comment. Mm -hmm. You don't need to say that. You don't need to be saying that to yourself. Like, do what you need to feel balanced. Fine. But, like, our bodies are doing so much work all the time. The last thing they need is to be shamed day in and day out. Even this dream that I had last night, like, I was telling Nikki about it. It was these two thin white women, hella skinny, and they were violated by men. And instead of their reaction to that, to become more angry and fight back, it was like they went on the men's side and started trying to get other women to conform. I was like, holy fuck. It was this astonishing revelation of rape culture and white cis heteropatriarchy in my dream. I think it's important that we use words like violent, harmful, to lethal, yeah. yeah. But that brings another question that we talked about in the past. What makes us feel safe in our bodies, in our neighborhoods, in our community? Because what you're doing at Radically Fit, you're nourishing a space for people to feel comfortable and to do things they might not feel comfortable doing, Yeah, which is exercising or, you know, a lot of people don't even get through the front door. Mm. So how can we talk about that? Like this culture is so toxic and we're so conditioned mm. that people can't even recognize how advertisements or social media has us policing ourselves. And so like, what are things that can make us feel safe? Yeah, I think... When I post to social media on Radically Fit, I'm being really mindful about what I'm posting. Never would I ever post anything that was diet related or something that really makes me highly uncomfortable, which I've heard so many times being in this industry, and it's super common, when people justify food with exercise. Yeah. So oh. things like, oh, like, you partied really hard this weekend, come to the gym, or you ate that cheeseburger, you need to do 45 minutes of cardio. And it can be an, on, in these really underhanded ways where you don't even realize that's the messaging. So you have to, I mean, on our ends, like we've, we've worked really hard on deconstructing those things in our own brains to be able to say, hey, that's actually not cool and is really harmful and violent and just perpetuates eating disorders and other really horrible things that we've all had to deal with our whole life. So... I think in terms of like ensuring safety, it's ensuring that, again, like we do not talk about food. And of course, we'll be like, what's your favorite taco? But we're never going to be like, what are you going to do 
for the four tacos you had earlier. Like that's just not something that we that would ever happen. I think also ensuring that the most marginalized people in our community that their needs are actually being prioritized. Um, that's something that's super easy for queer spaces to just for. I don't know if it's a, we forget to do them or we just actually are not doing what <laughs> we say we're going to do. But a lot of queer spaces just do not prioritize people of color. And that is just the foundational basis of this gym, as is prioritizing fat and bigger bodied folks. So ensuring that like we are doing what we can with class offerings, how can we get more POCs in the door? How can we ensure that they are feeling safe beyond anyone else's comfortability level? Because they're their priority. And I think those kind of key things are helping people feel more comfortable when they come in the door, even if they were a little unsure at first, a little apprehensive. And I think we're also very honest and clear about what we're doing. We're very transparent and I have a board of advisors for that specific reason. This is not a one-person effort. And I want to ensure that the community is being heard. And I can't listen to everything. And I can't do everything. But I can ensure that we're at least putting in an effort for there to be a way for everybody to get heard. Yeah. There were just the two things that I had thought about earlier just to loop them in because all these things are really interconnected. One was I'd mentioned some ways that we see cis female bodies portrayed and those ideals. But then when it comes to trans bodies, Mm. how to ensure that there isn't more violence being perpetuated on oppressive ideals or standards. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate you naming how frequent queer spaces decentralize POC and also trans folks. Mm -hmm. And so like being really, really intentional and explicit about that. And then also you were talking earlier about how so much of the work at Radically Fit is, of course, like health in our physical bodies, but mental and emotional health. And I think we should just name right now, like it's a myth that those things are separate. Right. That's like another way in which capitalism and so many other elements of oppression work is to have us believe that we can somehow fragment out our our beings right. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it this way, the fitness industry can't benefit off of you becoming emotionally and mentally healthy because A, you'd stop spending money there and B, you can't see it. So it's really easy to say, look, my waist is way thinner as opposed to saying, look, I healed from this trauma. Um, And I think that those are reasons that this has been so separated by everybody. Talk to anybody that has used fitness as a tool of healing and there is no denying that these things are completely interlinked. I definitely relate to that. Dance is my therapy and it helped me understand how to channel my anger or like frustration or reclaim space and just take up space. And I appreciate when you could go into a community space and feel comfortable moving literally in the space around you Mm -hmm. because we don't even realize that Day to day, you know, we make ourselves smaller or we don't feel like we can be big. And I definitely feel that when I walk into the the time that I took Radically Fit. I went on a free Saturday. Mm -hmm. I was with my sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just really open space. And it's rare to have that. Even just literally walking down the street Mm -hmm. as a woman. Yeah. I'm curious, actually, because you're making me remember my first time at Radically Fit. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to share with folks. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to share that you recall that stood out to you from like the moment you walked in the doors or even seeing the building from the outside? 
just energetically could feel the openness, but also I could feel the intention and the way that we introduced ourselves in the space and should our pronouns, should our names. And because, yeah, there's a lot of gyms out there where it's like you just go in, do your work and leave. This is about definitely community and sharing space with people. It's yeah. about community and moving together. Mm hmm. Yeah. Can I share? Of course. Yeah. Please. So my first time there was also a free Saturday. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and it was during the mayoral elections <laughs> for Oakland. That's a weird word. Mayoral. Um, and so it was a day that you had Kat Brooks coming to speak. Mm -hmm. So like exhibit A, community <laughs> space, one of the most incredible candidates we could have had running for office. And Lindsay's invited her and her folks to come speak at the gym. And people can come for free. And we get a sweat. Mm -hmm. So I walk in the door. And the first thing we do is stand in a circle. It felt really nice to connect. It didn't feel uncomfortable and it made it fun. And the music was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Good music. Good yeah. Music. And there was, and then there was food. There were like snacks between the workout and the talk with Cat Brooks, yeah. who's probably sat in that very chair that you're sitting in, by the way. You're all on oh KP. She's back at KPFA. Oh, Welcome yeah. back, Cat. Glad to have you. So, yeah. And even to that feeling of there was no pressure to go hard there's an invitation to modify and especially because i hadn't worked out in a minute when i went in for that free saturday the competitive me was like i want to go hard but then i was like i felt comfortable enough to take it down when i needed to yeah that also is a really important component in building a safe space as a trainer and somebody that's been around many other trainers and many other gyms there's a myth that if you don't work people to the bone that you haven't done your job correctly. And I think when you are able to take a step back from that and look at fitness in a different way and in the way that is more intentional and more based in genuinely trying to help somebody in more than just a physical way, in a, in a mental and emotional and spiritual way, you're able to kind of get over that and realize that what really matters in helping somebody and what really makes you a good trainer at the end of the day, is having somebody walk out the door feeling pushed and maybe challenged, but listened to and respected mm, yes. and heard. And, you know, I, I've, I'm not perfect. I definitely have messed up in the five years that I've done this. I've definitely felt like, oh, man, like I really didn't listen to that person well enough or I felt not as confident in myself in terms of how I executed the session. But overall, I strive to make people feel like they have worked really hard and can feel accomplished as opposed to leaving and feeling like, well, that sucked and I didn't do well. We really should never make anyone feel like that because, again, this is not about shaming people into working out. This is about inspiring people to use physical movement to better themselves mentally and emotionally and physically and in whatever form that means for them. And everybody is different. That's another thing. The reason that we offer alternatives to the exercises we have are because there is no class in which everybody is on the same fitness level. And if you approach it like that, you're going to make people feel that they have failed. And it's really important to be able to offer in every class that we have the space for people to say, hey, you know what? My body actually doesn't feel comfortable doing that today. And having us listen to that and say, of course, here's an alternative. Or if you don't want to do that, you can go grab some water, take a walk. I think it comes down to like letting go of control and also realizing that the power dynamic between a trainer and a student doesn't need to exist. Mm -hmm. and, and that can be hard, but 
it needs to happen in order for the relationship between the trainer and the client to be successful, in my opinion. I appreciate just even naming two things, that they're holding space for this spectrum, whether it's the class, like the, the range of bodies in a class, the range of people in a class, but then the spectrum within each person, because like some days they're up, some days they're down, and even within one class, in one day, it's, yeah. it's a journey. But I really appreciate that you keep bringing up the word listen, because not only is it important for you to listen to the community as like just a space, like being a brick and mortar space, listening to your clients or listening to the people who come in, but also it teaches them to actually listen to their bodies Mm -hmm. and it empowers them to speak up if they're like, this is too hard or whatever they need to reflect. Um, A lot of times people don't know how to listen to their own bodies. We become kind of desensitized in our bodies. We live in a culture now where we sit a lot more. Our eyes get glued to certain spaces. We don't look around as much and we become very desensitized to what our bodies are really reacting to, like Mm -hmm. even to the food that we eat. But to really give space for someone to share and listen to their bodies can help them resensitize like healthy reactions to things, you know? And then there's far more autonomy. Like that was one of the things you named. You're like, actually around the world, there's very little autonomy over our bodies for lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. That's more than just fitness, police states, etc. But yeah, being able to tune in I don't want to say that because it's like a thing people say a lot and I don't know but yeah to listen Mm -hmm. to perceive to perceive Mm -hmm. and to feel yeah yeah and I think I won't speak for anyone else but my experience in allowing myself the space to feel feelings can be extremely overwhelming and nobody particularly wants to do that in a space where there are Lots of other people they may or may not be close to where there's somebody telling you what to do with your body or suggesting it in our case. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, allowing yourself to feel that and listening to your body is a huge ask. And so we need to be able to provide a space where people can at least attempt that and attempt to feel safe in doing that and know that when they feel uncomfortable that they can opt to not do it or they can opt to take some time and space and like all things that I understand because these are all things that I have gone through personally I mean you know in therapy when your therapist asks you to like well what does it actually feel like when you're angry at that person like what in your body where do you Mm -hmm. feel it in your body Mm -hmm. and that's like ah I don't know and I don't want to think about it (laughs) yeah and like having to do that work is really hard so acknowledging that like when this happens to people in public spaces who who knows what this person has gone through and what has brought them in the door and who knows what this is bringing up for them if you're not in tune with how traumatized so many people in our community are and how many things we have been put through you can easily lose sight of that and i'll give you an example in that i was training a client and we were doing front squats and in a front squat you place the barbell on your shoulders very close to your throat Mm. and you have to be able to hold it up in a certain position and there are a lot of really good things it does for your body which is why we have people do front squats but for somebody who has maybe been raped or assaulted that can be extremely triggering and I could tell the moment it was happening although my client could not articulate what was happening that there was something in her body that was physically stopping her from being able to do that and that's something that you have to just be able to be like 
oh, shit, like this is making somebody have a physical reaction, which is clearly making like there's something happening. And instead of just being like, just do it like five more, like just do, you know what I mean? Like push through. Mm -mm. There's no pushing through your body having a reaction to something that there was violence put on you like that. You can't ask somebody to do that. So just recognizing those types of things and being able to hold a space where if that were to happen, you can address it in a safe way Mm. is imperative and is something that we're working on being able to really do for all of our clients. What I hear you saying is taking the concept of health and fitness, the superficial health and fitness industry, and like, first of all, busting that completely open and taking it to the next, like taking it thousands of feet deeper to the actual level of like what modalities of being embodied can do at their highest power, Mm -hmm. which is heal Mm -hmm. and transform. And healers, body workers of all kinds know that trauma lives in the body. Mm -hmm. And so of course, like what a world we would live in if every person who was working with people's bodies understood what Lindsay just said. Like we would actually be healing and we would actually become empowered and we would actually transform. And as far as like extending that like singular bodied power, extending that more broadly, we'd have more community empowerment. And then that would create more safety on the front lines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's a hard, it's a hard concept. Because there's just so many years and so many ways that you have to be willing to undo that thinking. And I think we're lucky to have the community that we have that feels all on the same page about this. I think that's a super rare thing. And I think that is something that makes Radically Fit so special is that all of these people understand that concept. Mm. And we may understand it in different ways ways based on our own experience with it but we all understand it at the end of the day and at the end of the day we all want that for everybody that walks through the door it's just really powerful there's definitely more to be said about all of that Mm -hmm. but i think it's helpful as well to talk about like how a lot of these and you have we've been giving examples but to give folks a better understanding of how these ideas are implemented at the gym. Mm-hmm. So it'd be great to talk about the programs that you've got going on right now at Radically yeah. Fit. And also I want you to talk about like your payment policy because we've been talking about capitalism. Yeah. And I think one thing we haven't named explicitly is how classed appearance and fitness and all mm-hmm. that stuff are. Mm-hmm. And so like there's a paywall generally mm-hmm. to fitness programs. So mm-hmm. please talk about the programs and how payment works at the gym. Yeah, so we have a couple different new classes and new focuses that we have started since we opened. So I'll start with, we have a trans and gender non-conforming mind-body alignment class that is run by our instructor, Emmett, who is also the barbell instructor. And Emmett is wonderful, really an amazing healer and trainer. And they started this class because they saw a need for a community within our community. So the trans and gender non-conforming community often struggle with body dysmorphia. And we wanted to make sure that there was a special class for them where it was a safe space in that everyone coming to that class could share kind of the same experience. So it's an eight-week course. 
and there's no drop-in. So you sign up in the beginning of the eight weeks and then you go through the program together. And it's a small class, so we've capped it at eight students so that you can all be around each other and get to know each other. And then Emmett sends you a questionnaire with your goals. So while it is a group class, you actually do get to state your individualized goal for the eight weeks and Emmett will program everybody's workout a little differently. Emmett is really wonderful and it's it's such a gift to be able to provide this to that community. So that's a class that we have offered for a couple months and it's growing really quickly. We actually had to add an, another day to the schedule because it was getting so full, so it was great. We also offer a POC-only class called BBQ, which stands for Black and Brown Queers. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, which it was really important to have on the schedule. We are also most likely going to add a POC-only boxing class, which I'll yes. get into later. Um, but, you know, we we want to ensure that people of color are coming to the gym and, and being around other people of color. We have a pretty decent ratio right now in terms of people of color and white people, although my dream is always that it's like 90% people of color. But... We're getting there, and I've talked a lot in the past about my understanding of why people of color are not as prevalent in gyms when you walk in, and a lot of the issues and a lot of the boundaries keeping them out of gyms. And so having these classes for them specifically is just a way to be more inclusive and also say like, no, this really is a safe space. We're not inviting you in a gym that we're saying is POC centered and then you're walking in and seeing all white people. And this is just a way to ensure that that is something that we can really offer them. And then we also have a fat yoga class. So it's spelled P-H-A-T, mm-hmm. 90s. Um, <laughs> Pretty hot and tempting. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You got it. Um, And that is for bigger bodied and fat identified folks. So again, another part of our community that is often left out of even the most inclusive spaces, Mm -hmm. being able to offer them a class where they not only are around other folks like themselves, but also are mirrored in who is teaching. Mm -hmm. We have a bigger bodied woman teaching the class who is also a woman of color. So these are things that are just so important in our mission. And we're ensuring that we're coming through with what we're saying we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think those are really important new classes that we've added and we'll continue on that path. And we have so many ideas (laughs) and so many, so many different ways that we can serve the community as a whole and serve the communities that are are lesser served. So I'm super excited about that. But this is where we've gotten thus far. I appreciate that making space, intentionally making space and naming the classes Mm -hmm. to be like, this is a place for you. Mm -hmm. Not just like, this is what we stand for, but not making effort to make it a reality. Like literally naming that class and being like, you should be here. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how like one of the things we didn't explicitly name, but we talked about it a lot is like the magic of connecting with folks as we sweat (laughs) and through movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like ideas grow from that, like connections are made through that. And so what's exciting to me, in addition to everything that was just named, is how you make space for those 
ideas to blossom. Mm. So there are community panels. You do have guest speakers because we know it's not just about our bodies. Then we get to build community and heal ourselves and get inspired and inspire each other in all of these ways. Definitely. Yeah, we had Virgie Tovar come. That's awesome. And that was amazing. And it was just hearing her talk about her experience in her body was so reaffirming Mm. in so many different ways. And I was so happy to be able to bring that to our community and to have people kind of walk away from that and think these are ideals that are not just held by the gym, but they're ideals that are being actually talked about and presented to us and we're giving an opportunity to come in and hear this person speak and talk to this person and have these conversations. For folks who don't know, can you tell us who Virgie Tovar is? Um, Virgie Tovar is a fat identified activist and she has written a book and it is called uh, I put um, you on the spot. It's okay. Is it the right to remain? You have the right to remain fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's also been a columnist for a bunch of other things. And she had a TED Talk. Um, <laughs> she did. No big deal. TEDxoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's awesome. And in my experience, and everybody has their own opinion about everybody, but in my experience, after reading her book, I felt, I felt like a lot of things that I had experienced growing up actually were named. It was just so reaffirming to read those words and to say, there's a name for this. There's a name for how I was treated. And there was a name for how, you know, I had a really terrible relationship with my body for so long. And so I think being able to offer our space up for those events and having people come and talk and taking a step further from just the physical aspect and more deeply into the community aspect of saying, we're not just here to work out. We're here to build community. We're here to have these conversations. We're here to cry together. We're here to feel shitty together. And we're here to help rebuild each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an amazing opportunity that we have to be able to do that. Yes. So we are running to our like last few minutes of the show. And... I want to make sure you talk a little bit about payment. And then I also want to make sure we talk about what we've got brewing. And then if there's just anything that we missed. And then, of course, make sure listeners know how they can find you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we have membership. So you can do drop-in classes if you're somebody that is not in town a lot or has a super busy schedule. But we really opt for membership because it helps build community. We want people to see each other consistently throughout the weeks. So we have a couple different tiers of membership. We have an eight class a week membership and then we have an unlimited membership and then we have an unlimited plus membership and the unlimited plus membership is so that somebody that can pay a higher amount will absorb the cost of somebody that cannot pay to come to the gym. So you can find those prices on our website, but I would like to talk about the community cares membership, which is our sliding scale membership. And that is literally a pay what you can membership. So we will not turn anyone away for lack of funds. You can come to this gym and pay nothing. You can come to this gym and pay a hundred bucks, 20 bucks, whatever fits your budget. Essentially, when looking at statistics, people of color look at fitness as a luxury. That's mainly because it's priced as a luxury. And we want to ensure that we are at least attempting to take another hurdle 
away from somebody getting to the gym. So ensuring that people can come even if they can only pay, you know, zero to 10 bucks a month is really helping with that. Especially in the Bay Area, things are so expensive. So the fact that you offer multiple ways to access these classes, it's definitely helpful to get POC in the door. And it's transparent and it's Mm -hmm. on the website. It's Mm -hmm. not confusing. Uh And like Lindsay's super accessible. And I'm sure you've got other folks who help with Mm -hmm. that. But yeah. Yeah. I sit down with everybody that becomes a member. And if, if somebody was interested in the community cares membership, we would just sit down and have a conversation and just talk about what your needs are and how we can help you meet them. And I know some people are intimidated about having those conversations, but it really is very transparent and clear. Yeah. Yeah. And it is an intimidating conversation to have. So there's that, but at least you're taking the step to open the door mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. yeah, meeting people there. Um, so in February, you're teaching. Yeah. So February, I'm very excited. So we are going to have a self-defense four week workshop. It's going to be taught by a queer woman of color named Shaw, who has a black belt in jujitsu and something else that's super badass. <laughs> um, so she's coming in and she'll be teaching every Friday at 7 a.m. She will also additionally be hosting our February free community workout. Every first Saturday of the month, we hold a free community workout. It is welcome to anybody that wants to come. It's all levels. We have snacks. We normally have a speaker, and Shaw will be running it. And she'll just be going through the foundational things for self-defense. As we know, it's really important for the cutie pop community to be able to walk down the street and feel like they have some sort of defense mechanism. And so we're hoping that this four-week workshop will help people feel more confident in defending themselves as they move through the world. And it's going to be online to sign up for. Thank you. What's happening in March? March, we'll be collaborating. We're still working it out. But I'm hoping to lead some movement classes. So a little bit of dance, a lot of reclaiming space, taking up space, moving big, getting really deep in our bodies and our breath. And... Um, offering space to go deep. We're really excited to be having Nicole come to to teach the movement class at Radically Fit. I think dancing can be overwhelming for some people. Mm-hmm. And I think what your plan of having people reclaiming space in their own body mm-hmm. will look way different and will feel more safe to our clients. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, accessible to different levels you don't have to have a dance background I'm not like formally trained just offering space for everyone to experience how they can move and not have to look a certain way totally Mm -hmm. let that movement come from within out is there anything else that we haven't named that either of you want to make sure is said before we come to a close I'd like to say we talked about moving through our bodies like realizing that there's trauma in our bodies and learning how to hold space for that. But we also touched a little bit upon connecting and the magic of connecting with people in movement. But there's also that pleasure, like working through that that uncomfortable beginning of like, oh, is this how I'm supposed to look? And like feeling uncomfortable to like, oh, I got this. Oh, I'm empowered. Oh my God, this feels so good. And I'm trying not to use bad words to express how <laughs> effing amazing I feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that, reclaiming that pleasure and starting to, like you said, blossom into these movements and into our bodies and how that slowly transfers into the world. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I could, <laughs> we could talk for another hour about that. Mm-hmm. I will say that feeling became incredibly clear to me when I started lifting. Mm. So doing powerlifting and Olympic lifting. Yeah. Um, it it almost immediately transformed the way that I moved through fitness. Mm. Uh, I was for years caught up on doing things that I thought would burn calories and mm-hmm. make me lose weight. And the minute I picked up a barbell and started lifting heavy weights, I felt I felt so empowered and so seen in a way that I had never felt before that I would leave the gym every day literally standing taller mm-hmm. and walking more confidently and just being so much more comfortable in my own body. So I think that is one of the, in addition to all the other things fitness can do for you, finding that space and finding that thing that makes you feel empowered through physical movement is one of the most beautiful things I have ever witnessed in my own body and been able to help other people witness in their own body as well. Maybe we should do another show on that. It's it's, it's (laughs) Um, true. It's true. It's, I mean, it is important to name the conditions that we're up against. Mm -hmm. And it's also so important. And it's so fun to talk about what's on. I don't want to say on the other side because it's a process, right? Like it's a spiral. It's a cycle. But, but like there is a lot there. Um, How can people find you? Um, So people can find us on Instagram at Radically Fit Oakland. And then Facebook, it's the same Radically Fit Oakland. And then our websites were very uh, (laughs) difficult to find. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then our website is radicallyfitoakland.com. So there's a theme there. (laughs) Yeah. Easy to find. I'm sensing it. Yeah. (laughs) And folks can find an email address for you on the website. Probably info at radicallyfitoakland.com. Yeah, you got it. Wow. Wow. She got the The sleuth. I am sleuthy. (laughs) And then, Nikki, can you tell folks how to find We Rise? Oh, okay. We have our Instagram, We Rise Production. We have Twitter, We Rise Producers, and our website, We Wise, we wise there it is, We Rise Production.com. Come and Facebook. Us. And Facebook, We Rise Production. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have links in the show notes. Thank you for coming, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yes. It was really great to talk to you both. We definitely have more to talk about. For sure. I'll mm-hmm. be back. And I just want to mention that the music you heard on today's show is Good As Hell by Lizzo. Thank you. Thank you. His pants are so tight. Mm. <laughs> no, That's why I wear my big th- It's like these ones down here, and then I'll get cold. Sometimes. Oh my god, it's a thing. We had a whole conversation about these pants earlier. I'm like, they're fine if I'm standing, not if you're sitting. If I when I mm. sit, it's well, just all wrong. It's what you get for wearing pants. <laughs> I never Don't wear pants. I never anymore. wear pants. I wear the stretchy pants. things. I wear. I wear <laughs> naked. The I'm currently not wearing. <laughs> just top up. That's all you need to worry about is up here. No, I wear athleisure. Twenty four seven. Or I mean, oh, yeah. these are like t- these are what are these leggings? Mm-hmm. Those are called right? leggings. And uh, well, my friends, this is all I wear. Hell yeah. yeah! I haven't worn jeans in probably like a good five years because fuck jeans. Yo, joggers. Joggers, joggers are <laughs> oh. the greatest thing because they're like cool sweatpants, so you can wear those out in real life. 
and like stylish ones. Stylish. They're like mm. scrunchy here mm -hmm. and scrunchy, scrunchy there. Angles. Yeah. So you can dress them up. That's what I wore last time. Casual. We had casual, out, but like. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I enjoyed them. I swear <laughs> I was like, I wish I was wearing joggers because they're great and I support it. I need to rethink my entire closet. Yes. Yeah. This is really, and this is what we're doing, right? Yeah. This Valuable is information <laughs> for the world to know. <laughs> Make sure this is like the beginning. This is the intro. It just starts immediately with the pants. <laughs>